I want you to turn to Luke chapter 1 and Proverbs 3. Before we do that, I'm going to talk about the, the uh, bulletin real quick. Just a few things. Today here in Leedy is a, uh, Christmas on Main Street from 3 to 9 p.m., an event for everyone to enjoy. Uh, for more information, we have a, a flyer on the bulletin board back there, so all the businesses downtown are going to be open, and there's lots of kids' activities, a lot of things we got going on in town today. Also, December the 7th um, is, uh, will be youth here at the church from 6 to 8 p.m., and that's for all students 6th through 12th grades. December the 9th, which is Friday of this week, I just want to remind you that Angel Tree gifts are due. If you have them, you can leave them here today at the church. And we'll get them to the bank, but you may bring your gift to either here to the church or take it back to the Bank of the West in Leedy by this Friday, December the 9th. December the 14th, which is uh, a week from this Wednesday, the FCA uh, Christmas movie night is going to be hosted here at our church beginning at 6. Again, this is for all students 6th through 12th grades are welcome. There will be two contests for the ugliest sweater and best pajamas. And so youth invite your friends. They're going to have a great time. And then December the 18th is our Christmas worship service. And then December the 25th is our come and go Christmas communion. If you're a guest with us, please fill out this inside flap and we've got a free gift for you. And then you can take notes on the back of your bulletin. And so that's all of the, the uh, notes today or all the bulletin dates. And uh, we're going to get into the Word this morning. Got a new series that I'm calling the Nativity Scene. And I want you to turn to Proverbs chapter 3. I always like you to turn to something in the Old Testament, something in the New Testament. You can, if you have your Bibles, you can turn there um, uh, or with your smartphones. But Proverbs chapter 3 and Luke chapter 1. The Christmas story is told in, Matthew, in the Gospel of Matthew and the Gospel of Luke. And so if you want to read the Christmas story before Christmas Day, uh, go to uh, Matthew 1 and 2 and then Luke 1 and 2. I'm going to tell you something. I shared this on our social media on, on Facebook, um, some, a little Bible reading plan for you for the Christmas season, is each day in December, if you'll take the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 1, um, and read each chapter, you can go through the whole life, the birth and the life of Jesus. There's actually 24 chapters in the Gospel of Luke, and so you take a chapter a day until Christmas, uh, until you know Christmas Eve, we'd finish up with that. Jade and I have been doing this, and I'm going to tell you this is real spiritual. We get we don't get up in the morning and have our quiet time and have coffee. When we read is when we're in bed at night, when we finally go to bed. And Jada will look at me. She goes, "Read you to me." So I, that's how she reads you to me. So I get, and she says, your voice just puts me to sleep. So I'm like, what is that saying, honey? Then, then everybody in church is going to go to sleep today too. But I'll turn to, so I get my phone, and I'll, I've, we've been reading each one, and we'll talk about it before we go to bed. What did that speak to you? What did Luke chapter 1 speak to you? And Luke chapter 1 talks about the birth of John the Baptist and then also the birth of Jesus. And, and you see the contrast between the two um, Zachariah, and we're going to look at this here in just a second. But and I just encourage you to go home and read all of Luke one. Get caught up. It don't take long to get caught up. Today's the fourth. Um, but in Luke one, Zachariah, who was the father of John the Baptist, he responded in unbelief, disbelief, doubt when the angel came to him, and Mary did not. She said, "Be it unto me according to your word." And just phenomenal the contrast between there. And so when you're when you're praying and believing in for something, do you pray and then immediately do you discount what you just prayed by your doubt and unbelief, by speaking it? And so we got to watch our mouths when we pray. Amen? My dad was talking about this morning. We prayed together up here. We need to pray specifically, but then we specifically don't need to come out with unbelief and doubt and cancel out our prayers. you got to pray believing, and everybody said. So that's just a little nugget that we learned from Luke chapter 1. In nativity, it's not nativity. Here's what I found out. It's not nativity or nativity. It's nativity. Nativity. Not nativity either. It's nativity. I looked this all up, guys, okay, you can, so you can, we can talk about it later. But nativity is just a fancy way to say birth, okay? And so the location of my nativity was Bowie, Texas. I was only there for six months of my life, I think, and then we come back to Oklahoma, but that was the place. 
So I'm a Texan. I cannot believe that. I, I, I don't want to say that. And yeah, I'm not a Texas Longhorn fan. I'm a Boomer Sooner. But um, so the location of my nativity was, was Bowie, Texas. So I wanted to show you something this morning. This is something Jada puts up at our house uh, every year. Uh, she always decorates our house, and we have lots of nativity scenes. In fact, Jada has been handing some of those down to Taya so she can decorate her home with. So it's kind of a, a neat thing in our family. But here we are. Uh, this was back in probably uh, 1994 uh, or 95, somewhere in there. Taya was born in 94. And so she, you can see I'm Joseph, Jada's Mary, and Taya is baby Jesus for a church play that we did. So that was back in the early 90s. And we, Jada still has that picture and always puts it up at the house. And everybody goes, ah, yeah. So um, kind of give you a backstory on um, the, the nativity. And I was looking up the history of it. Saint, it was like, when did it start? And it was started by a gentleman by the name of St. Francis of Assisi. I think that's a, a sissy. I think that's a, a he wasn't a sissy. Okay, that's just <laughs> that just doesn't that just struck me funny there for a second. But that's I think that's how you pronounce that. Is credited with creating the first live nativity scene in 1223 in order to cultivate the worship of Christ. And he himself had recently been inspired by his visit to the Holy Land, where he had been shown Jesus' traditional birthplace. And actually, you see a lot of nativity scenes where. Um, Jesus was born in a barn or stable, um, but really in, in Jewish culture, uh, if you had a barn or a stable, you were wealthy. And so what a lot of, a lot of people had is, uh, as a place for you know, their livestock and stuff is basically a cave cut out inside of, inside of a mountain. So it was really a cave that he was, was born, born in. Something else I looked up, and I'm just trying to give you some little fun facts about nativity before we get into the word, but... Um, I was thinking about when do you when do you really take down your Christmas tree or when do you really take down your nativity scene? And so I was Googling when to take down your nativity scene and you're supposed to leave it up until January the sixth. Okay? And so if you take that, then you can leave up your Christmas decorations till January the sixth. So here at the church they'll probably be up until January the sixth. Um, now I'm just gonna throw a little Jeff Foxworthy at you. If they're up if they're still up at Valentine's Day then you're a redneck, and everybody can look at Patricia on that one. <laughs> I'm just throwing Patricia under the bus. I love having fun, um, but yeah, we love. I and I'd love to celebrate Christmas all year long, but uh, that's just some fun facts for you about uh, when to take them down, when to put it up. One of the other things that I found out about the nativity scene is, and every Sunday, these next three Sundays, I'm going to try to find little fun facts about the nativity scene for you, but. A, a true-blown, full-blown set of the nativity scene would have 17 characters in it. That's counting the people, uh, the animals that they think were there, and all this kind of stuff. And so that's a big full set. Because, um, you know, there's camels, there's uh, sheep. Uh, in some, there's even where the, when the shepherds came back in that day, the shepherds used dogs, shepherd dogs. And so there, that's why in some of the nativity scenes you'll see a shepherd dog. But... If you're gonna put if you're gonna put animals at your nativity scene, the two animals that you're supposed to put are the ox and the donkey. And I never I never knew this until I searched this out and read about this. But the ox <clears throat> the ox represents the Jewish people and the donkey represents us, the Gentiles. So I'll let you fill in the blanks. We're called okay. Yeah. Jack. Okay. Come on, guys. I worked all week on that one, all right? Trying to have a little fun this morning. So the ox and the donkey. So that's the ox represents the Jewish people. The donkey represents us. But the main characters of the nativity scene are Mary, Joseph, and Jesus. And you'll see one up here on my left and, and this one over here. We got the angel up there. So I'm going to talk about, and I'm going to talk about some of the other characters that were there too, but... But my focus is going to be on the main characters of Mary, Joseph, and Jesus. And what I want to do <clears throat> is learn from them and how they responded to this birth. And we can learn, we can glean things from them that are going to help us out in our, in our daily walk with the Lord, okay? So we're going to learn from Mary today. And so that's the, the nativity today is part one, is Mary. 
And one of the things that when you read about Mary, and we're going to read um, about the birth of Jesus when she became, when Jesus was conceived and everything, um, what you're going to see threaded throughout Mary in that story in Luke 1 is that Mary really had a trust in God. Even before this happened, even, even you can, when you read it, you'll realize that she had, a, she had her faith in God and a trust in God that was already there before the angel showed up. And then the angel showed up. And so when I was reading her story, I kept thinking about Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And most of you know this scripture, have heard it if you've been in church any length of time. But it just says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And that's where a lot of us, we might take missteps because we try to figure God out. You can't figure him out, okay? Just trust in him. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. And so what we're going to look at is Luke chapter 1. And I'm going to start in verse 26, and we'll read down to verse 38. And I don't have this on the, I didn't put all these on the, the uh, PowerPoint, so you're going to have to follow along with me or just listen. Uh, and uh, I'm going to read this, verses 26 through 38. It says, In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee. And the sixth month is referring to Elizabeth had been, she was now pregnant with John the Baptist, and she was six months along in, in her pregnancy. So it says, In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Gal Galilee. I just want to pause here for a second because I'm going to throw some things that I've learned when I was studying this. Nazareth wasn't, it was a little small village. Um, they think it only had a population possibly up to 2,000, and that's given it, a, a, you know, a lot there. Um, if you remember, one of Jesus' disciples said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? So Nazareth wasn't really thought about highly in the Jewish uh, culture. But God, the angel went to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, and I want to tell you right now, God knows exactly where you live. Amen. He knows exactly where you live. And to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And I'm going to stop right there and say this. Because you, you have to get into this story to understand what's going on. She is in the process of getting married. And, and uh, she is making wedding plans. Okay, Ladies, if you remember making wedding plans, the ones that are married in here. I mean, you're, you're focused on that. That's your focus. And then God comes in and interrupts all of her plans. <clears throat> in verse 28, it says, The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Verse 29 says, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. And I had to pause there, guys. I'm going to be honest with you. Because if, if, if this had been me in that story, um, in verse 29, it would have said, Mark had to go change his pants. That's what that one would have said, all right? Because an angel appeared to her and spoke this to her. And Mary, it says, Mary was just greatly troubled at his words, and she wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Now, I'm, I know I'm reading a lot into this, but it makes me wonder. That I'm just going to throw this out there, food for thought. It makes me wonder if she had not had angelic visitations before before this even happened. And she just said she was, and she just, because she was wondering what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. And every time an angel shows up, that's the first thing they say to people, because naturally you are afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you're to give him the name Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? That's a great question. And the angel answered and said, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who... And she who, who was said to be barren is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary, and I love how she responded. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be unto me as you have said, and the angel left her. I'm going to say this. Most scholars believe 
that Mary was between 14 and 16 years old when this happened. Uh, in the Jewish culture, which here in the Western world, we don't understand a lot about their culture, so I try to, when I teach the word, I try to bring it in because it helps you understand things. But a Jewish girl could be engaged or betrothed to her husband between the ages of 12 and 16. Can you imagine that? Now, I'm going to talk a little bit about something here, and a little parenting advice, okay? Um, in the Jewish culture, they began to treat children, their children, like adults at the age of 12. When do we do it in our society? A lot of us think it's not until they're 21, and then we're still, we still baby them when they're 21. <laughs> um, I'm going to meddle a little bit, is that all right? Uh, we need to start treating our kids, and I was talking to Tay on the way here, and she's wanting to be a school counselor, and we were talking about this because it was just something that came out to me when I was studying this. What would happen if we started treating children with respect and treating them like adults at the age of 12? I think things would change. And it starts at home. Don't start at school. Doesn't start in the church. Starts at home. And so, and I was just thinking about my own life. This morning, something happened this morning. How, how old is JW? He's eight. Okay. He came up this morning, and so he's only four years from 12. And that's when they would have a bar mitzvah in the Jewish culture, and he'd be considered a man. Okay. And he came up to me this morning. I hope JW's okay with me sharing this. I'm going to go ahead and share it, JW. He says it's okay. As he came up and he said, he said, Pastor Mark, I want to pray for my cow. My cow has a broken foot. So we prayed for his cow. And I was thinking about this message today. I'm like, here's good parents back there. There's just something about farm and ranch kids that give them that responsibility, and they just start growing up and maturing. And they, you know, and so if, you're, if you live in, you know, start giving your kids responsibilities. Make them do stuff. Sometimes they'll go crying and they don't want to do it. I promise you, it's teaching them a responsibility and helping them grow up. We're, we're sending kids out in the world that's not grown up, that's not mature. I thank God, and I'm, you know, and I'm not saying that we're, I'm not perfect, none of us are perfect, but I think that we can learn something through the Jew, Jewish culture about how we can start training up this next generation. And I, I, was, I was just sitting there thinking about my own life. I was thankful for my dad because between the ages of when I was a freshman, between my freshman and sophomore years, which I'd have been, you know, 14 to 16, I think I was 15 during that time, I didn't play baseball one summer. And uh, it was the best summer of my life, I can tell you that. And I love playing baseball. But for that three-month time period, and Mark Ward, um, he, he told me, he said, man, when you came back from, when you came back from freshman year and you came to school as a sophomore, he said, man, you went from a little boy to a man in like three months. And, of course, there were some natural things going on there. You know, you grow up, boys grow during that time, testosterone, all those things. You're maturing, you're growing. But what happened during that three months that a lot of people don't know is my dad started giving me more responsibility on the farm and ranch that we had here northwest of Leedy. In fact, he was telling me he'd leave me lists, and he put me in charge of Matt, which that was a big problem. Because my dad, my, my dad, that was my biggest problem was Matt. Was uh, my dad, and I can say that because he's not here today. Um, but dad would leave us at times lists or just tell us, you know, things that need to be done around because my dad was a contract pumper, and so he'd leave early in the morning, wouldn't get back until the afternoon. And so I, he started giving me more responsibility to do. And I remember that summer I built more gates than I have ever built. I mean, I learned how to build gates in ag. Thank God for Mr. Rounds and Mr. Lauder in ag. Learned how to make these gates, and I told Dad, I said, Dad, I know how to make gates now. I, I've, I, I still remember the pattern in my mind. And Dad said, ta-da, you're going to make gates this summer for all of our gates. And so that I did that. I was down there in a shop wearing flannel shirts, and it's 110 outside in the summer, and I'm welding and making gates, and we're painting them, and we painted them all red, and, and then we'd have to load them up, and we'd go, you know, put them on the, the, the posts and all this and get them wired up and, and fixed up and and stuff, and uh, I went in this, when I was studying this, and I was thinking about this, and just this week, I was out deer hunting, and I drove by, and the guys, this has been, I'm 53 now, so this is back when I was 15, I drove by this farm, and those gates are still there, 
and they'll be there forever because <laughs> they're built right. But anyway, um, but I was thankful because Dad, and I really grew up a lot in three months, in just three months, and it was, it was natural things going on, but, but really the reason why I grew up was because my dad started giving me more responsibility. And one of the greatest blessings was I, I remember dad even telling me, he's sitting there looking at me like I don't remember any of this. And, but I do because it was impactful for me, to me because dad told me, he said, man, you're, you're really doing a good job. Because I would start thinking about things that he didn't put on the list. Here's the deal. When you start giving out responsibility to kids, they'll start looking for things that's not even on your list to do if you start treating them like an adult. And some parents are looking over at their kids going, it ain't ever going to happen. It'll happen. You don't think, you're thinking, I'm just trying to get them to do the first thing on the list, Pastor Mark. And Will's back here going, yeah. You keep it up, and I promise you, I promise you, they'll start doing things that are not even on the list because you're giving them more responsibility. Well, I spent a lot of time on that, so somebody needs to hear that today. Amen? So we need to start treating our kids with respect and start treating them like adults, and that's why they won't go into the world like little babies and everybody. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and Dad said, yeah, and there was a belt too involved, wasn't there? time or two. Yeah, there was when I was younger. <laughs> uh, here's number one. Uh, just some things I gleaned from Luke chapter one. Number one, God uses ordinary people for his purposes. Wasn't nothing really, if you was to see Mary today and see where she grew up at, her family, everything, there was nothing extraordinary about her. She was just an ordinary Mary, and, uh, but God chose her for his purposes. This is a Daniel eleven thirty two says, but the people who know their God, that's one thing that Mary did know is she knew her God, shall be strong and carry out great exploits. God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things, and we simply have to be available to the purposes of God. It is not about how gifted we are, but about how willing and submissive we are. And everybody said amen. All right, here's the second thing. God's favor is for purpose, not for status. We'll say that again. God's favor is for purpose, not for status. There's a, and I believe in God's blessings, and I believe that God wants to bless his children, but there's a prosperity gospel being preached today that's all about me. Me, 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 me. You know, bigger cars, bigger houses, bigger this, bigger that. I got God's favor so I can do this and that for me, 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 me. God puts his favor on you for a purpose, and I promise you it's always for others, and it's not for status. And everybody said amen. It's all, it's all about someone else. And uh, God's favor is for purpose, not for status. God gives us favor so that we can serve others, not so we can have status. God gives us favor so that we can do the risky, sometimes messy things he has called us to do. And we don't have to understand everything. We just need to be willing to trust God. I promise you, if God's favor is upon you, God will give you favor with him and with man. But sometimes God's favor... There won't be any favor with man sometimes. But you just got to know that God, you know, when you're trying to do what God's telling you to do, sometimes people aren't for that. And they're not going to be your biggest cheerleaders. But you just got to understand that's all I need is God's favor for the purpose of my life. The third thing that we see from, from Mary is there was a little bit of fear there. And I'm just going to say that's normal. How would, you, how would you feel if an angel showed up at your house today and said you're fixing to birth the Son of God? <laughs> you're fixing to birth me onto the planet. You know, I think we'd all be a little bit fearful. But so the feeling, the feeling of fear is normal when God calls you to do something. And 2 Timothy 1, 7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. And uh, so you've got to, that feeling of fear is normal, but here's what I want to do. You, you're going to have to do it afraid until you're not afraid anymore. And sometimes that fear is still there. I'll never forget when God called me to, to, to minister. Um, that was the last thing I wanted to do. I, didn't, I did not want to be up here at all. And God called me to do this, and I could not get away from it. And, um, and I was terrified to stand up in front of people and speak. And I would pray. I would fast and pray, God, you got to be with me, or I'm going to just get up here and just throw up over, all over everybody, you know. And thank God he's been with me, and I've done it enough now. I'm not going to say I don't ever get that, that fear factor again, but I've done enough now. I've done it afraid until I'm not afraid anymore because I know God's called me to do this. And some, that's where you've got to get in your walk with God. Whatever he's called 
you to do. There's always going to be that, that fear factor. But I'm going to tell you, the spirit of fear keeps people uh, hindered and pressed down from them fulfilling their God-given purpose in life. Don't let that happen, okay? You're going to have to do it afraid, and God will be with you. Fear not is what the Lord says. The fourth thing that I gleaned from this when I was studying and, and listening, I've listened to other messages about people sharing about Mary's life, is that your life will be forever interrupted. How many planners we got in here? Okay. You plan your day. You organize your day. Um, how many, yeah, Carrie's back here. I know she's got the gift of administration. Krista, there, everybody's raising their hands. That's good. I'm not saying that you don't do that. God wants you to be a planner, but let him order your steps. Okay? And what that means is let him, let him know that, God, you can interrupt my plans at any time. Now, I've worked with people who are very planned out and organized, and if you interrupt their plans, they get ticked off at you. Okay? And here's the deal. You've got to be a person, when you're walking with God, yes, plan, but let, have your hands open. God, you can interrupt me at any time what you want me to do. Be flexible. Look at somebody and say, be flexible. Your life will be forever interrupted by God. And I'm going to tell you how this came out in this, this passage when I was thinking about Mary. I was like, what was Mary doing at that time when the angel showed up? She was one, in the most, one, one of the most busiest times of a, of a young woman's life. She was planning her wedding. And the angel showed up and interrupted and said, hey, guess what? You're fixing to get pregnant. Say, what? Because she's going to have to tell Joseph. She's going to have to tell her family. In that culture, she could have got stoned. I'm not talking that kind of, I'm talking stones. I'm talking rock, okay? I'm sure if there was drugs back then, she'd have probably thought, I need to get, yeah, stoned. I'm trying to have fun with y'all this morning, all right? We got to, God's got a sense of humor. When I read the word, that's, these are things that just come up to me. But God, in that culture, they would stone people with rocks if, if this kind of thing happened. And so there was a lot of fear going on and all these things. And, God, you know, God, you're going to have to show Joseph. And, you're gonna, and God did. God took care of all this. But what I love about Mary is, uh, how's the best way to say that? She had, she, she had the balance of, if you know the story, and I think it's Luke 10, of Mary and Martha. She had a good balance of both. Because she knew when she needed to plan and do things and serve and do all this. But then she also knew when she needed to just be interrupted, stop what she's doing, and let God speak to me. She had the best of both worlds. And so your life will be forever interrupted. So be a person of flexibility with God. Here's number five. Your life won't be difficult. It will be impossible. <laughs> Mary, you will be pregnant. You will be a pregnant virgin. That don't even, that, that's an oxymoron. That don't even go together, okay? And so it's not only difficult, God, that's impossible. And God said, no, I can make, all things are possible with me. And she did. And she birthed our Savior. Um, planting this church, it wasn't just difficult, it was impossible. It was. I had argued, and I've, I know I've shared this story with you all a lot, uh, but God showed me that this church was going to be a missions outpost, not an entertainment center. Meaning when people come in here, they're going to get fed the word. They're going to go out. They're going to share it with their family, their culture, their, where they're influenced at. It's going to bring more people in the kingdom of God. Not more people into your church, more people into the kingdom of God. And so God said, don't ever, you know, there's going to be people that come there to help serve and, and do things. Some people come for a season. You know, don't hang on to people. It's not your church. It's my church. When they go out the door, bless them because they're taking the seed of my word into other regions and other areas. Don't be this church where, you know, every pastor's like, come to my church, come to my church. I'm like, come to my church, but then I want to send you out into the harvest, out into the marketplace, because that's where the real ministry is at. And so, in planning this church, that's the mindset I had. And then, then I had, then, you know, I, heard, I even heard it from people. You know, Leedy don't need another church. We have enough churches there. Leedy don't need another church. You know, and I'm a hometown boy. And, uh, and so, I, in prayer one time, I was talking to the Lord and here I, here I was not, I wasn't, I was arguing with God. Okay, that's not a good place to be. I can promise he's going to win every time. And uh, I, was, I was arguing with God one day, and I was not like Mary. I was not like Mary, where Mary ends this, where she says, Be it unto me according to your word. You know, when he told me that uh, there was going to be Leedy, 
and he'd been trying for two years to get it through my thick skull that it was Leedy. And then I finally went on an extended fast, and he showed me it was leading. And I said, okay, then you're going to have to show Jada. He did that. That's another miracle. And, uh, and then one day I was talking to God, and I said, God, I came across a scripture <laughs> in the Word. Don't ever use scripture on God. It don't work. He wrote it. And so I used the scripture on God, I never, and, I, and it's so sweet how the Holy Spirit ministered this to me. I, I said, Lord, in your own word, you said when you were in your, your, I believe it was when you was in your hometown, you said a prophet is not, you know, doesn't receive honor in his hometown. And I said, you said that, and you said that in your hometown. And that's when they were wanting to cast him, you know, over the cliff and all that kind of stuff. And um, I, I was having this argument with God, using the word on God, which you just don't do. And, and I felt the Holy Spirit tap me on the shoulder and whisper in my heart, and just this real still small voice that said, Mark, it's not my hometown. And I'm telling you guys, that just that small phrase just crushed me, humbled me. I wept because I was like, I have put myself way too much into this picture. It's not about me, it's about him. And he's saying he's wanting to birth something here in Leedy, America. And that was 22 years ago. And so I'm thankful for that interruption. Amen. Because I had other plans. I, I had, you know, it was I was I was planning out my own life, and I'm going here, and I said, God, and it's not going to be Leedy. Because I used to be in the Assemblies of God Church, the Assemblies of God Church. And they always sent out an open church list every month, that denomination to where the open churches were at. There was always an open church in Leedy because they were always looking for a pastor here, and I always say, I'm not going there. I'm not going there. I'm not going there. And then here I am. Here I am. And I know this is where God wants us, and, and uh, God hasn't released us, and I don't believe he is. I believe I'm going to be standing right here, and we're going to go home all together one Sunday. Something like that is going to happen, you know, because I have, I mean, it's just, I know this is where we're supposed to be. And, um, and it's, been a, it's been a joy and an honor um, to follow the Lord in that, and you guys have been a part of that. Okay, here's number six. God is looking for people who will say yes to him. So just like Mary was willing to bring Jesus into her generation, God is looking for people who will say yes to bringing Jesus into our generation. But in order to do this, we must resist the fear the enemy terrorizes us with. God never gave us a spirit of fear. Instead, God gave us a spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. Trust God and say yes to him today. And everybody said amen. God is looking for people who will say yes to him just like Mary did. She said, Lord, be it unto me according to your word. I want you to turn to somebody, look at them, I don't care what gender they are, and say, God wants to get you pregnant. <laughs> he does. He wants to get you pregnant with him so that you'll carry Christ to the world around you. Okay? That's what he's wanting to do in all of us. Every one of you, are car- if you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're carrying Christ. All right? And every woman in here knows this. When you were pregnant... What did you do differently? You took care of yourself. You ate differently. You did all these things. And what would, I just want us to become aware of that we're carriers of Christ. And we need to take care of ourselves spiritually, emotionally, mentally, and physically. Take care of ourselves because we're carrying Christ to the world. So here's a a scripture that Mary would have known um, because she was a Jewish girl. This is a prophecy, and Isaiah 7, 14 says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, God, which means God with us. Can you imagine Mary? She would have known this scripture that she would have been sitting there thinking, and this is why it always says Mary's all the time pondering in her heart, pondering, because she knew this scripture, and she knew God has chosen me to birth his son into this world. Now, the rest of this chapter um, in, in Luke chapter 1 is what they call the Magnificate, which means it magnifies. This is the song that Mary sang after she went to Elizabeth's house, all right? And so I want you to jump down to verse 39, and this is the passage I'm going to close with today. And it says, um, at that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea. 
and they when I looked this up, it's about a five-day journey. We, we think that we just get, they, we, they got in a car and they drove there. No, they walked everywhere they went back then. And so this was a five-day journey for her, where she entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. And then it goes into Mary's song. Before I read Mary's song, the song that she burst into of praise, is there was something that I gleaned from this. Immediately she went to Elizabeth's house. Okay, They were cousins. But they were if you, if you read into that story... They were so close cousins, they were almost like sisters, all right? And so she knew because Gabriel had told her, the angel told her, you know, Elizabeth is six months along. And so she goes, and I'm going to say this, and this is for all of us in here. The first thing Mary did, and I want you to catch this, the first thing Mary did was she got around another miracle carrier. I'm going to say that again. The first thing Mary did was she got around another miracle carrier carrier which was elizabeth and she stayed with her the scripture says for her whole first trimester for three months now here's the deal bad first corinthians chapter 15 says that bad company corrupts good character so you want to be around christ carriers that's why we have church amen that we come in here the bible says don't forsake the assembling of yourselves iron sharpens iron when we're together you may not know this. You may just say, man, I just drug myself to church and all this. But I promise you, you're going to leave here stronger than when you came in. Because you've been around other Christ carriers. And you need friends like that. And you need to hang around them. I'm not saying that you don't hang out with an unbeliever to minister to them. But you don't hang out with them all the time. You've got to be around Christ characters to keep yourself built up. And everybody said, amen. That's just a little side note there. Okay, here's, here's this song of praise of Mary, and I love this song. It's one of the most beautiful things in Scripture. There's a lot of beautiful psalms, and I'm going to tell you this. I, I don't have time to get into all this, but this whole song, this is how we get into knowing who Mary is. This woman was a woman of praise. She loved God, uh, but what comes out of her, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, and what comes out of her is a lot of psalms of the Old Testament just kind of blended together, okay? That's what this song is. And it says, And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. I want you to think about this. This came out of, I'm just going to give her the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to say she was 16. This, this came out of a 16-year-old, okay? From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, even as he has said to our fathers. And Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. It's a beautiful scripture. It's a beautiful song. I wish I knew how she sang it. <laughs> wish she, we had it on recording today, don't you? Uh, but we have it recorded in scripture. And, um, and these are, this comes from, even though when I was studying this, guys, I want you to just think about this. Even though this was the gospel of Luke, that he wrote this, how he got this story was him spending time with Mary. And Mary told him this story. And I know he pinned down her song. Um, and this also goes back, and just this is, I'm just telling you some things that you can go home and study. But this Magnificat uh, goes back to 1 Samuel 2, 1 through 10, which is Hannah's prayer, which is something that, that Mary would have known. And it's, it sounds a lot like Hannah's prayer when she dedicated um, Samuel um, to the to service of the Lord, the prophet Samuel one of the greatest prophets in the Old Testament. And so it sounds a lot like that. And I just, um, 
Did everybody learn something today? Glean some things from Mary? Because this is what we're going to do. We're going to take Mary like this. Next Sunday, we're going to take um, Joseph. And then the next Sunday, we're going to talk about Jesus, of course. And, um, and guys, I'm telling you, the, this story, I just when you read it, I don't want you to ever lose the awe of it. Because it it's a miracle story. It is, it is so beautifully woven together that only God himself could have done it. There were so many prophecies fulfilled from the Old Testament that were so impossible to fulfill that only God could have done it. All right? Because, yeah, he was in Nazareth, but then the Bible says that he was born in Bethlehem. Well, God created all this where they created a census in Bethlehem. They had to make that travel to Bethlehem where Mary rode on a donkey. By the way, I found out, I think that donkey's name, uh, I saw a donkey, I don't know how they know the name of the donkey, but somebody said the donkey's name was Nestor. All right, so if you have a donkey, you can name him Nestor, okay? There you go. There's another thing. All right, everyone, I want want our praise team to come up here this morning. Everybody learned something today from Mary? Okay, we want to be like Mary. If you don't leave here with anything, what did Pastor Mark say today? Is this is what you want to leave here today with. I want you to be like Mary and let God interrupt your life. And when he does, because he will, what in small and big things, this was a big thing, of course, but in the small and big things, and I just want you to be able to say, Lord, be it unto me according to your word. Don't argue with him like I did, you know. Don't doubt and unbelief like Zechariah did, and God had to strike him dumb where he couldn't speak. Um, Sometimes we're talking ourselves out of God's blessings that we're praying for, so don't do that. We're going to go out with this song, but I want to pray this over us today, and then I'm going to come up here after this song, after we worship this song, and then we're going to, um, I'm going to speak the blessing over you, okay? I'm going to pray this over all of us today. Lord Jesus, we're willing to look foolish for the sake of the gospel. We're willing to trust you, and we want to say yes to you today. We want to bring Christ to our generation the same way that Mary did. And we thank you for your favor today. Help us to always say yes to you, Father. Help us to be willing to risk it all to bring Christ into this world that so desperately needs him. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. I want everybody to stand up and we're going to go out with this song today, okay?
praise you again and again. Cause all that I have is you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I know it's not much. And I'm nothing else fit for the King. For a heart singing hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, my soul, don't you get shy on me and lift up your soul. Cause you've got a lie in inside of those hearts. Get up and praise the Lord Oh, come on, my soul Oh, don't you get shy on me Lift up your soul You've got a lion inside of those lungs Get up and praise the Lord So come on, my soul don't you get shy on me, lift up your soul Cause you've got a lion inside of those lungs Get up and praise the Lord So I throw up my hands and praise you again and again Cause all that I have is a hallelujah Hallelujah. And I know it's not much, and I'm nothing else fit for the King, except for a heart singing Hallelujah. sound of my voice those that are watching online this morning and God as we were sitting there worshiping in this song and uh, this came up during my study time as well Lord I feel like there's there's somebody here or somebody watching online or maybe somebody's gonna listen to this on the radio and they're trying to conceive they're trying to conceive a child uh, to start their family or maybe it's an addition to their family and God it, it hasn't been happening and so Lord I declare uh, I declare fertility over them today, God, in the name of Jesus. I speak Jesus over this womb today. I speak Jesus over this seed today. I speak fertility over this couple today, God, in the name of Jesus. And God, that they are going to bear a child, Father. And this child is going to grow strong in the Lord. And so, Father, I just thank you. There's somebody here today or somebody watching. God, I believe that this word is for today. And I pray that they receive it by faith, God. And, um, and so, Lord, I thank you. I thank you, Father, for hearing our prayer today, God. I thank you, God, for the birth of children. Lord, we thank you for the birth of Jesus. God, we thank you for this story that we read today in your word. And, God, may this story never just be a, a fable or just a tale. God, this is real. This is the truth. God, may we never lose the awe of the Christmas story. God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for Mary. We thank you for her obedience. We thank you for Joseph's obedience, for them carrying Christ to the world, to us today. And Lord, we're going to leave here today knowing 
that just like Mary, just like Joseph, we're going to be carriers of Christ wherever we go, into our families, over the holidays, God, into our workplaces. God, everywhere we go, we're carriers of Christ. May we always be mindful of that, God, in Jesus' name. And so, Lord, I thank you and praise you for it. Lord, I speak this blessing over everyone here today. I want you to join hands with any family member that you got there next to you. I'm going to speak this blessing over you. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious unto you, and may the Lord give you his peace. May the Lord bless your going out, your coming in today. May the Lord anoint you to, to, to fulfill the divine destiny that God has given to you. May everything that is brought against you be crushed by the protection that God himself shall provide. May you be blessed in your health. May you be blessed in your relationships. May your children and your children's children be blessed because they are the heritage of the righteous. From this day forward, as you submit yourselves to the Christ of the cross, may your lives be filled with joy that is unspeakable and full of glory and with peace that surpasses all understanding. May your home, as the Word of God says, be as the days of heaven on earth. In Jesus' name we pray and ask you. And everybody said, Amen. Hug somebody's neck and say, Be like Mary. Be like Mary. Be it unto me according to your word. Yeah.